always green around the other side. Caterpillar to a butterfly. It's green and growing with Ashley Frasca. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries. On 95.5 WSB. Hey, good morning, everybody. Back from vacation, pretty well rested. I hope you are. If you're up at 6 o'clock on a Saturday, you may not be well rested. You may be just kind of tossing and turning and you're not able to sleep in. But I'm glad you're here, whether you're coming to or going from work. Uh, welcome to Green and Growing. I took last Saturday off. I hope that is okay. But back in the host seat, I almost feel like I forget how to do this. It was only two weeks ago that I was here live. But we are live with you this morning until 9 o'clock. So it's Green and Growing on your radio dial, 404-872-0750. We have a lot to talk about today. Coming up at the bottom of the hour, soil temperatures with Walter Reeves. Why that's relevant, how to tell if things are ready. And I'll go ahead and give you a hint. We're ready. A lot of you have put in your tomato plants already and your warm season vegetables. It's a great weekend to do that. And a lot of you were out in the yard yesterday, maybe after work, knocked off early, got some things done. I'll be talking about what I was up to, what I was doing. Coming up at 7 o'clock, Christy Bryant. She's a, a Georgia State arborist and owns Speaking for the Tree. She's going to be joining me and helping me take some of your tree calls. And we'll even be talking a little landscaping. She has been posting fantastic pictures of azaleas and they're hard to miss guys i drove all the way from atlanta down to the florida panhandle and they are just in bloom everywhere looking beautiful and atlanta allergy and asthma they're going to join us in the eight o'clock hour hopefully to bring us a little bit of good news about some relief from the pollen and some of the allergies and the trees and the pollens that are bothering us right now we may be on the tail end of things you have to stay tuned to find out for sure and then Pike Nursery, and we'll talk about starting a vegetable garden. So if you didn't do seeds, you know, the end of February, the beginning of March, that's okay. You go to the nursery, you buy the plants that you want to try, pick up some cucumbers, some squash, some zucchini, and you're going to be making salads and everything in no time. So I did want to uh, <clears throat> throw this out there. With the time I spent in Florida on the panhandle and even just coming back home the other day and my feeder wasn't empty, which I was really surprised and shocked that the feeder was not empty. Um, the birds, I would have thought within a week's time, would have gone through all of the feed that I had. But I noticed a black bird I had never seen before, fairly large, maybe a medium size, not as big as a, a large woodpecker, but black bird with like light brown sides, almost an orange color, and then a white chest. Had no idea what that guy is. So if any of you know, hop over to the Facebook page. And help me identify what bird that was. I don't know if it was an oriole. I'm not sure if we have orioles down here, but beautiful bird. And in Florida, on the panhandle, got to see the pelicans and the seagulls. And my Great Dane shadow, like, was totally freaked out by the pelicans flying overhead. I mean, they were loud and they were squawking. And, of course, the seagulls are all kind of, you know, flying around. And, and she was not a huge fan of those birds. But also, mowing the grass yesterday it was long overdue. Almost knee high. Oh my gosh. Um, but we didn't get any rain, I don't think, while I was out of town. But nevertheless, the grass was so tall. Spent a lot of time in the backyard yesterday, and I loved that. I mean, I just, I, I get so much satisfaction out of doing my own yard work and just how it looks afterwards, how it makes you feel, but just being out there and having my own quiet time and really noticing the things around me, the frogs hopping out of the grass, out of the way of the mowers, I'm pushing it along. And I found a Carolina wren. And I heard babies, but I didn't know where the little chirps were coming from. So I started watching her, and she was watching me up in the trees on the fence post, just kind of making sure I wasn't coming anywhere nearby. 
So I've discovered where her birds were. I had a really cool little cedar birdhouse that fell off a tree. We hadn't mounted it back up. We hadn't uh, nailed it back to the tree. So it's just kind of sitting on a tree stump. So it's lower to the ground than I would like for it to be, maybe a foot off the ground. But she's got her babies in there. So I was watching the Carolina wren go back and forth. I took a picture of those little guys. So be aware of your surroundings as you're out and about doing things so as to not disrupt little bunny holes, maybe. I mean, there may be a little hole in the ground where little baby bunnies are. You want to be careful, look out for baby birds, all kinds of things. Cicadas are going to be coming up, maybe not in middle and south Georgia, but maybe north Georgia may experience some of those guys. They're still on the ground. Uh, They're supposed to come up in the middle of May, so we'll be watching for that. But uh, yeah, be aware of your surroundings. Ground bees, I did have someone message me, I think it was Sue on the Facebook page, on the Green and Growing Facebook page the other day, about ground bees. And we both agreed they're good pollinators, they're typically not aggressive, Best to just leave them alone, and they may not be a problem here in the next coming week. So just be patient with everything outdoors. 404-872-0750. Good morning, Nicole and Griffin. How are you? Ashley. What's going on? Uh, um, I want to ask you, uh, I know you plant seed. You have a lot of more passion than I do. Uh, uh, so how are they going? <laughs> well, that's debatable, doing? but okay. <laughs> <laughs> The only seed that I plant is the uh, titonia and uh, just, you know, the, the tall flower so I can I can keep the seed for the next year. Yeah. But you, but anyway. just, you sow the seeds right outside, don't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, see, I'm going to do that with um, zucchini and squash. I decided to not start those in the seed trays, but uh, tomato and bell pepper I did. And the bell pepper, they still haven't germinated, and that's been like... Four weeks. So I'm not giving up on them yet, but I'm wondering why they're taking so long. <laughs> so I don't know that I do have patience. <laughs> we'll see. Well, you have to keep in mind the ground, you know, is still uh, is still cold, mm-hmm. you know, still cool. But uh, changing subject, um, I know you saw a lot of azalea. Yeah. And did you see different colors? Oh, my gosh. I've seen some beautiful white with, like, pink on the edges. And then, of course, the light pink, the hot pink. I've seen deep reds. My gosh, they're gorgeous purple. I saw some yellow, bright yellow orange the other day. Are they native azaleas? Do you know? I don't think they are because ours, uh, um, I think... uh, well, then again, you make me think the a native is that kind of color. Yeah, that's that. That was my first thought too. Okay. Um, right. Could be, could be. Uh, people, uh, when you plant azalea, plant them. Those are uh, under uh, carriage um, a plant. You know, I plant them where the shade is underneath a pine tree, underneath. Um, don't plant in a full sun, you know. Mm-hmm. They need moisture, but the roots are depending on other roots. I have a zillia that I planted many years ago, but they did not bloom for three years. And I said, mm-hmm. but this year, because we had so much rain, thank God we had almost rain every day last year. So our stuff just looked great this spring. Because if they, if they dry the next year, you know, they're suffering. Yeah. But we had a lot of rain, so I'm glad that um, um, they are blooming like crazy this year. They've had a very showy spring. You're absolutely right. And if folks haven't maybe fertilized their azaleas, now's a good time to do that. Um, they're still going to continue with those blooms. But 
I, I, one of my favorite gardeners, Peggy in Canton, um, she knows who she is. I stopped by there yesterday. She's got an azalea bush as large as a car, as large as a small SUV. And it was just so showy in the backyard. Absolutely beautiful. And told me, Nicole, which I wasn't aware of this. I'm not good at propagating plants. I don't have a lot of time and I'll get to that point, but I'm not good at trying to propagate things. But she takes uh, like shoots that come out from the parent plant. When you look like you said, the undercarriage, like kind of go under that that large shrub and sometimes if there's shoots you can slowly work them off of the mother plant the parent plant and you know cut it and carefully separate it and not even really propagate it so to speak just stick that cutting in the ground and you know try to grow a new azalea from it um and I had not had the patience nor you know have had tried that and I don't have an azalea large enough quite frankly to take a cutting from yet but um I think that she's had really good success with that I, I guess jealous. the more yeah, the more you do it, the more you get good at it, and you see that the mistake, and then you learn from your mistake, you know. But uh, some people they just grow one thing and they get so good at it they don't want to grow anything else, you know. Right? Yeah. When you try one thing and you realize that's where your green thumb is, absolutely stick with what works. And Mickey Gasaway reminding us too, you know, a lot of our azaleas are in part shade and they're happy, but the encore azaleas, when you go pick those guys up. They love full sun. So if that's something that you have more of a full sun spot for, gardenias, there's so many good options, so many good things that flower. But we have to remember, Nicole, when we prune the azaleas, if they even need it, I'm, I'm not a big fan of pruning them unless, you know, size-wise they need it, but um, pruning those as soon as they're done blooming. That way you don't risk cutting off. If you wait till late summer even, they may be starting to put on buds for next spring and the next spring, you're going to be disappointed and wonder, why don't I have as many flowers? Is it because of the rain or lack thereof? Or it may be because you prune too late. Yeah, I, I, me too. I don't touch them. Uh, let them be. And uh, just make sure before you plant them, you get lots of room. But boy, they can get big. Mm-hmm. And oh, they adapt. The I plant one too close from the uh, uh, utility building. And it took him a good five years. He, it's, he went away. Uh-huh. I mean, just because it was the the utility building is made of metal, right? So it was way too hot for him. But this year, he went away probably three feet from the utility building and trying to get more light too. You know, they will adapt like we do. We have to. You mm-hmm. know. Hmm. So I'm pretty glad about that. Yeah, you're right though. Something close by that's going to radiate too much heat for them. Could almost maybe burn them if they're in the wrong spot. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, well, Nicole, I could talk about azaleas all day. We could have a whole show about azaleas. <laughs> I mean, they're just so gorgeous right now, and everybody's so happy to have the Masters back in Augusta last weekend. And, of course, they were showing off, as they always do. I think people from around the country expect that show when they tune into the Masters to see those good, old, beautiful Georgia azaleas. We're just real proud of those. They look great. And perfectly uh, done uh, grass. I mean, good grief. Mm-hmm. There's not one blade out of place. <laughs> <laughs> That's for darn sure. They've been prepping since December, January, maybe even in some, some regards earlier than that. But it's well worth the show. My goodness. Well, Nicole, I hope to hear from you next Saturday. Who knows what we'll be talking about next Saturday. But we'll be right here at the same time, same place. We go with the season, one yeah. day one day at a time. Well, I'm always curious what you're working on, too. So come up with some projects this week and then be ready to call and uh, share them with us next Saturday. All right. Enjoy <laughs> your day. I love it. You, too. Thank you so much. Always good to talk to our friend, Nicole. And in just a little bit, right after the break, 
I had a good conversation with a six-year-old and a three-year-old when they were outside yesterday and kind of the things they were seeing, the things they were experiencing. So stay tuned for that. I'm going to share with you the top three things to do in the landscape this weekend. It's going to be a nice weekend. We'll be right back. You're listening to Green and Growing on WSB. Thank you, Scott. 55 degrees in Midtown Atlanta. The weather update brought to you by Finley Roofing today. It's going to be cloudy and cool with a light shower possible, but uh, more dry than wet. And today's high is going to be 67, low of 49, so it's getting a little chilly again. Tomorrow, mostly sunny, highs around 72, lows around 48, and mostly sunny to partly cloudy for the beginning of your work week, according to Channel 2 Action News meteorologist Brad Nitz. Green and Growing with Ashley Frasca. Here's your garden to-do list this week. All right. Off to a good start. So many of you may have started some yard work yesterday. Keep on. Keep it going because it's so rewarding to make it look really good. So these things are pretty easy. Uh, Number one, and I will be doing this one, plant Easter lilies outdoors after removing their faded blooms. I'm going to bring the amaryllis from Christmas time, and I actually just had one finished blooming. They're all over the place. Um, But bring those outside, too. I think the soil temperatures are getting warm enough. We're going to check with Walter Reeves in 10 minutes. We're going to be talking about that very thing with soil temperatures. But uh, be bringing those bulbs outside. I'd leave the greenery on there. Leave the foliage on those. Stake them up if you need to. But those are going to look really nice outside. And some of you are really close to seeing some of your Easter lilies bloom. Uh, Number two, water house plants a little more frequently. They will definitely tell you when they need the water. The onset of more hours of sunshine. They're using all that energy to put on new green leaves. And also begin monthly feedings with houseplant fertilizer. Something very basic. You don't need it too often. And number three, I think we're out of the woods for any more frosts. Thank goodness. If you haven't, plant dahlias, elephant ear, gladiolas, caladiums. I do see the canna lilies starting to pop up with that, you know, deep purple, almost dark, dark green uh, foliage coming out of the ground. And my elephant ears, the... The leaves are so tiny. They're like the size of a quarter right now, but I had to be very careful as to not mow over them yesterday. So mine overwinter just fine. They've been in the ground long enough. But if you're the one that digs them up every year, you're in a little colder temperature, North Georgia, now's a good time to put them in the ground. So yesterday I I got to see my favorite gardener, Peggy, stopped and saw her in Canton, saw my friends JR and Jacqueline, and they were doing a lot of yard work. JR was mowing and blowing and using the weed eater. And I got to talk to their two kids and they were so much fun kind of reflecting on what mom and dad were working on in the yard and all that kind of thing. So I want you to listen to uh, three-year-old Emma. What did you water today with the watering can? Um, I don't know what that was. Put in the bucket. I watered and I just put the water in that bucket. And then what do you water with the water? You water plants. Why do you do that? That because. What does the sunshine do in the sky? Um, it turns yellow. <laughs> does it help plants grow to be big and tall? No. What, what does it do? It, it turns yellow. Is it hot? No. It's not. The sun's not hot. I don't see the sun. It's not hot right now because it's cloudy. What about when you see bees in your yard? What are bees? I don't see bees. You don't see bees? No. Hmm. Do you like the bees? 
No. Why? Because. Do they help flowers? Yes. What do they do to the flowers? Um, they eat them. So cute. Like a little child's understanding of the outdoors. It's pretty simple, guys, but I think most of us have it. And as she's looking up in the sky, looking for the sun, as we're talking about the sun, yeah, it was a little overcast. She had goggles on, like swim goggles. So <laughs> I don't know if that blocks your view of the sun or not. Nevertheless, we're going to be back with Walter Reeves. Stay tuned in less than 10 minutes. I'm glad you're here on WSB. with Ashley Frasca. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries. On 95.5 WSB. Ready to get to your calls here in just a few minutes. So hang tight. I got Andrew in Atlanta. A question about planting oak trees. Chris in Griffin. A question about a pecan tree. And Ted in Covington. Took my advice and it worked. I can't wait to hear what advice I gave Ted. And maybe it could be advice that'll work for you. But first, on the hotline, calling the show this morning as he does it this time every Saturday, we've got to pick his brain and know what's on Walter's mind. Walter's Wondering. Walter's Wondering. The definitive questions and answers from WSB's OG garden guru, Walter Reeves. That means Walter Reeves is right here <laughs> live on your radio and on Green and Growing. Hey, good morning. I am not wondering if it's time to plant some of our warm season plants it is time to plant them yeah and i know how to tell when it's time to plant the warm season vegetables and warm season flowers and things like that you know you'd like me to share it with you absolutely bring it this comes to me from my friend Stephen stinchcomb down in fayette county those of you who know Stephen know that he's quite the uh, gardener artist and storyteller i guess same thing and he said you know how i know when to plant squash and when i know how to plant my finish my radishes and things like that. And I mm. said, how do you know, Stephen? He said, I go by Morning Creek, and I see people fishing on Morning Creek. Oh. If they're standing up and not sitting on the ground, I know that it's not quite warm enough yet to plant some of the warm season vegetables because they're cold. Huh. And they got the jacket on, you know, they're standing as a fish. He said, then when they go by and they're sitting on a bucket above the side of the creek, I know it's about time to plant some <laughs> of my semi-hardy plants. Uh, for the garden, that would be what would I include in the semi hardy ones. Corn, maybe, certainly uh, radishes and things like that can be planted then, but that's the semi, semi tolerant of cold weather ones. Hmm. And then he said, when I see them sitting on the ground and fishing, the bottom is touching the ground for more than 10 or 15 minutes at a time, and they can do that comfortably, I know then is when the watermelons and the squash and all the warm soil loving vegetables can be planted then. So if you don't have a creek to drive by and notice the fisherman you can do this yourself just go out in shorts and t-shirt sit on the ground if it's not comfortable it's not time to put the tomatoes in but or it is now it's warm enough just been fishing all morning and they're just getting tired <laughs> Maybe that. for beginning gardeners that's key is we're more concerned with soil temperature than air temperature so you know i mean we had great 70 some odd degree weather for a long stretch in March, yeah. but that does not mean that that soil temperature is going to be able to warm up and stay warm enough, you know, for that duration. Yeah, there was a lot of weeping and wailing. I remember back in, in March, we had a real stretch of warm weather, and then it got cold immediately. Yeah. 
Right. And folks are saying, oh, man, why don't we go out for tomatoes and sell these other things I put in last weekend? Uh, you protect them somehow or you suffer the consequences. They get real cold and they don't do very well. So if they put a warm season vegetable in before the soil is warm enough for it, mm. it will essentially be stunted for mm. most of the season because it just didn't get a good root preparation. The roots didn't grow very well at the beginning. And knowing when things are delivered at Pike Nursery and when they start carrying warm season vegetables too. I mean, they're not going to try to sell them to you a month too early. So we kind of go by that. But also people that want to be a little more scientific, Walter, I love the weather site, georgiaweather.net. Georgiaweather.net, yeah. Yeah. The University of Georgia does so many things well, but one of the things they do really good that we don't take advantage of as much as we should is have all these uh, weather stations scattered all over Georgia, and each one will tell you what the soil temperature is right Mm -hmm. there, two inches, four inches, eight inches, what the uh, rainfall has been, uh, what the weather, uh, wind direction has been. And you can access this for free, as you said, georgiaweather.net, and find the station nearest to your house. You know immediately what the soil temperature is and whether it's warm enough to plant your squash or your kohlrabi or wherever you're going to grow that year. Yeah, georgiaweather.net, click on calculator, and there it's almost like a farmer's almanac, too. You can see, you know, average first frost dates, last frost dates for the past, I don't know how many years. Um, soil temperature. So when when you break it down like that, Walter, for you know eight inches deep, four inches deep, whatever, what are we concerned with when we're planting? I'm looking at two inches deep. That's where my seeds are going to be put. Is around okay. two inches in the soil, and so I want to know how warm it is right there and, and if, how it's been trending. You know, if it's been trending upward, warming up for the last week or so, that's a good thing to look at too. What the trend is. What's warm soil? Like, give it a degree. Give it a give it you know, a hard number. Sixty-five to seventy is Ooh. great. Okay. But warm. Sun's been shining on that soil. It's been you know suntan weather for a week or two, but sixty-five or seventy degrees. When the soil is colder than that, down to the fifty-five to sixty-five, that's when you can do some of the cool season vegetables: the radishes, the uh, spinach, and uh, turnip greens, and other, other cool season vegetables. Now, let's talk to folks who may not be interested in vegetable gardening this year necessarily, but say that I'm ready to get those caladiums out. I'm ready to do yeah. gladiolas or something like yeah. that. What, what do I need to know there? Yeah, they're not vegetables, obviously. They're flowers that need warm soil. They're tropical in nature, and so they don't care to be in soil that's chilly and cold. And so, uh, as you said, the caladiums and gladiolas and uh, dahlias are all warm season things. So you need to put those in the ground when there's ground is warm enough for you to sit down comfortably for, for 10 minutes as you dig in your dirt. If you sit comfortably for 10 minutes on the ground, it's time to do the glads, the caladiums and such. Ugh, caladiums, I, I really try. I've tried two years now to dig those yeah. up in the fall and overwinter them in the garage in a paper bag, and I just have no luck with that. I know it. Mickey Gasaway says she's done it successfully year after year after year. I don't believe her. I think she's telling stories. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Maybe. Now, the canna lilies, though, that's a cool thing to put out. You're really going to enjoy those canna lilies. Tall, big leaves, and then they get the beautiful bright yellow or red flower from the top. But you really need those in full sun in order to get that flower. I've got some that don't get enough sun, so they're leafy and beautiful, but I don't get the flowers. But um, those, I have had luck overwintering those and elephant ears, Walter. And I mean, really all I do, you know, being in Northwest Georgia, kind of Northwest Atlanta, um, making sure to pile leaves and pine straw on top of those just to kind of protect them. Yeah. That's about all you need to do there. If we had, gosh, a winter of five degrees, so low sometimes you and your 
weather folks, curtain weather says five degrees, you know, to the morning night, that would be a time when the elephant ears are not going to like that at all. Mm-mm. So they might freeze then. But most winters are pretty mild, and most winters in Georgia, the elephant ear can stay in the ground. All right, Walter, talking about soil temperatures and, you know, when to be doing certain things. Uh, you've got something else that is very dependent on soil temperature as to when it needs to be applied and how well it works. Yeah. Pre-emergence, the chemicals that we use to prevent weed seeds from germinating, it sort of gets connected to what we talked about earlier with the plants and what they require in the soil. But in springtime, like right now, it's important to get pre-emergent chemicals out before the weeds of summertime germinate in the ground. And so crabgrass, crabgrass, I guess, is the most uh, common summer weed that can be prevented so easily with a pre-emergent put out. I say to people, March 1 would be a great time to start thinking about that. It was a couple of weeks ago now, of course. But even wait until the middle of April is okay. You won't get every seed control, which you'll get 80 90% maybe. That's better than you did without a pre-emergent, so you might as well go ahead and put it in now. But the soil temperature does help to tell you when it's time to put the pre-emergence out. Yeah, because that soil temperature is going to indicate to the, the weed seed you know, when mm-hmm. to start growing and all of that kind of thing. It needs a little bit warmer weather to do that. Yeah. So the pre-emergence already going to be in place to go ahead and combat that as it starts to grow. So right now, I'd say if the soil temperatures are 55 and tending upwards, that's crabgrass germination holiday. That's when it germinates. So 55 and going up over the trending for a couple of weeks, that's time to get the pre-emergence down. And in the, in the fall, you can prevent a lot of winter weeds by putting a pre-emergent out when the soil temperature is 55 and declining over mm. a couple of weeks. You know, it's time for the pre-emergent that prevents the annual bluegrass and chickweed and henbit and all those other things that could be controlled as you get the pre-emergent out at the right time, depending on the soil temperature. And one of your fondest memories of hosting the Lawn and Garden Show for 26 years is all those summer calls that you would receive about how to treat weeds. <laughs> I hate saying, I told you so. I hate saying, I told you so, I told you so. But I told you so. If you don't put the pre-emergent out and don't control the weeds in the spring, it will come back in the summertime to bite you. Yeah, and even though now mid-April is a little late, like you said, it's still better than doing nothing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right, let's get on it, folks, today. We, we want you to be busy today and this weekend. Walter, I don't know what you have planned, but you go sit back and relax. Uh, what a great suggestion. What if I <laughs> lay down in the bed for a few more minutes and then get up and have breakfast and then sit back down and relax? I say you do it. Well, hey, we really appreciate you getting up early just for us on a Saturday morning, and I look forward to having you back next Saturday. I uh, will look forward to it, Ms. Frasco. See you then. Later. I learned a lot. From Walter, I hope you did as well. So georgiaweather.net is the University of Georgia website we were talking about where you can see dew point, relative humidity, air temperature, soil temperature. And just kind of looking over this list, the average soil temperature when you go down four inches uh, in different spots around metro Atlanta for the last seven days or so, it is warming up. Alpharetta was 63, Ball Ground was 64, Brunswick, that's way south, 71. So they're Soil's heating up quite nice over in the Dallas area, 66. So we're getting there, folks. We're getting there, and I think it is safe to plant. Can't wait. 404-872-0750. Up first, Andrew in Atlanta. Good morning. Thanks for calling the show. Good morning. Hey, Um, hey, my parents both passed away previously, and we have their ashes. And I was thinking of, um, you know, 
putting them under an oak tree, putting an oak tree in the yard and um, doing like that. But I want to, even though I, I'm kind of fond of the idea, I don't know if that would be good for the oak tree. Is there a way to do that, number one, with the ashes, and number two, if you do do it, when's the best time of year to do it? Andrew, scientifically, I don't know. Um, I, I don't want to misspeak on that. I know there are a lot of uses, you know, in amending the soil with wood ash, but I almost wonder if the amount that you're using is is minimal, that it wouldn't really be enough to get down into the soil and be harmful or hurtful to the oak tree necessarily. Is it a very large established oak tree? Um, I, I haven't bought it yet. I mean, I was thinking of getting oh. one that was, you know, two to three years old or something. Okay, so establishing a new one kind of in their memory, yeah? Yes, exactly. Nice, okay. Um, I'm gonna leave that one out there for other folks who may know more than me. Um, because, yeah, we want to make sure, irregardless of that, just that when you're trying to plant this new oak tree, we're going to give it the best start possible. You know, you don't have to amend the soil too much, but just making sure we're going to have it in the right spot and all of that. But as far as the ashes go, I don't want to tell you wrong. So would you mind? What about time of year? What about time of year for an oak tree? It's getting a little late now just because of the stresses of the summer <sighs> heat, but I think you still have an opportunity to do it. Uh, the soil temperatures aren't super warm right now, so the roots would still have time to adjust, but you're really going to have to make sure you keep that thing watered. It needs, on average, about an inch of water a week. Um, so right. make sure, you know, stake it up, protect it from anything that's going to try to bother it while it's still young. Um, but definitely plant it now. Just be very, very cautious about, you know, making sure it receives the right amount of water. All right. So uh, ideally it would have been um, like early April or uh, late March. Ideally we love planting trees and shrubs um, into the late fall, even through the winter time and early, early spring, just because you think that the ground's cold and hard and it's not going to be good, but it's just quite the opposite. That really, you know, the tree kind of goes dormant in a sense that it gives the roots just time to, to chill. They're not using energy as much to send up to the tree since the tree's not doing much. It's inactive in the wintertime. So that's a great time for the roots to be able to just harness all that energy to grow larger because we've got to establish good roots first before the tree is going to be healthy. So, yeah, ideally we would have done it a few months ago, but, Andrew, I'd go ahead and do it now. And if anybody listening has advice for Andrew as far as the ash goes um, and maybe, you know, putting that into the soil or just putting it on top of the soil, um, I, I love the gesture, and I think it's it's an amazing thing you're looking to do there. I just don't scientifically want to give you the wrong info if it's uh, helpful or harmful or it just may not you know have any impact so keep listening Andrew and thank you what a what a great idea and thanks for calling in and sharing that with us I appreciate it we will talk to you soon keep listening someone may have some good advice got to step out and check traffic and weather and we'll be back we'll talk to Ted and Covington about tulips next on WSB Andrew, I think you called into the best community ever because uh, my guest coming up at the 7 o'clock hour, Christy Bryant, speaking for the trees, Georgia certified arborist. She has some advice on your question about the ashes in the oak tree. So stay tuned. That'll come up in about 10 minutes. Finley Roofing sponsors the weather update. Cloudy today, high in the upper 60s. And tomorrow and Monday, mostly sunny skies. 
with highs in the low to mid-70s. Love in that weather. Okay, I can't wait to talk to Ted in Covington. Hey, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. What's going on? Well, I took your advice pertaining to my Alfred ears. I prematurely uncovered them uh, just before we had the last couple of mornings of frost. Yeah. I covered them up with the five-gallon buckets and then uncovered them during the day. And they're doing great. Uh, the leaf size now is oh, each one of the five uh-huh. have leaves on five inches on down to two or three on each of, say, a couple inches, uh, you know, smaller. And like I say, they are doing just wonderful. And what plant was it again, Ted? Remind me. Uh, it, it was elephant ears. Oh, that's right. Yes, that's right. So, yeah, we had those frosts, like, it was right at the end of March, first couple of days of April. I'm so glad you did that. Yay. Yay. Yay is right. <laughs> and those five-gallon buckets, man, that's a good investment for any gardener. I use those for everything. Well, now, uh, I'll also say, I, uh, well, this variety, they have the... Uh, Oh, 14 inch diameter leaves, okay. Mm-hmm. And, and now the ones that I have three or four there that, that have the huge leaves. Oh, yeah. 16 inch, you know. But uh, of course, they just now putting up stalks, but they are real nice and green. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait to see how those are going to do, Ted. And like I said, I'm excited about my elephant ears. Mine, I don't think, are quite as big as yours. Um, and canna lilies. I mean, I don't get enough sun for them to bloom every year, but God, I love their side-by-side in my yard. Love that. I'm so glad. Thank you, Ted. Thanks for uh, giving me some good news. I gave some good advice. I love it. And hey, by the way, I opened the show asking for y'all's help about a bird, identifying this black bird with brown on the sides, almost like an orange, and a white chest. Well, thanks to Benny and Lisa and Tom. They're like, that's an eastern towhee. Not an oriole. I knew it wasn't an oriole, but an eastern towhee. What a really pretty bird. Carolina Red has some babies in my yard. I love listening to those guys. All right, more of your questions coming up, and I'm going to have Christy Bryant, uh, ISA Certified Arborist, to help answer your questions in the next hour. Call us, 404-872-0750. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.